Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, let me go to Dr. Neil Rao, because we've been talking about this um, off the air and on the air. And that is, and I just mentioned it, the uh, Ontario Chief Medical Officer of Health. It's musing about a possible return to partial mask mandates. He's also not happy that only 16% of those 70 and over have accepted a fourth dose of uh, vaccine. Dr. Moore says that is unacceptable. Dr. Neil Rao joins us, infectious diseases specialist and assistant professor of medicine at the University of Toronto. Dr. Rao, what about that? Uh, what about uh, a return, possible return to partial mask mandates? And what about the uh, low uptake, the lack of enthusiasm, it appears, for the booster shot, number four? So when it comes to the mask mandates, I think we have to be managing our expectations and looking at how much of a benefit the masks really give. There have been some bigger studies done in Denmark and in Bangladesh earlier in the pandemic, and if there was a benefit, it was kind of small in terms of when you look at it from the number of people you need to mask to prevent a transmission. And let's also not forget that we're at a different stage in the pandemic now where the impact of the disease on the healthcare system and on people is much less than it was earlier in the pandemic. So the death rates are much lower. We have treatments. I'm not saying it's no problem. I'm not saying we don't see people in hospitals, but the impact of rising positivity rates, as we're seeing in Ontario, is not as big as it once would have been. There's not such a straight line between raising, rising positivity rates and what's going on in the hospitals. Now, as for the vaccine against the booster, one of the problems with the booster vaccine that we had is that it's derived against the original Omicron strain. And Omicron seems to be a very intelligent foe that keeps reinventing itself. And we even now have a substrain of the BA5 version of Omicron. So we're always a bit behind the eight ball. So it's good for certain groups of people to get this booster vaccine. But looking at the rates of uptake in the general population would be a big mistake. Now, Kieran Moore is speaking of looking at it just in the elderly. I think you have to also look at what the uptake rates are in the frail elderly. So people who are living in a long-term care facility, a nursing home, those are the people who are at greatest risk of taking impacts from the disease. And then if you start looking at people with underlying diseases over age 50, maybe for those people, this vaccine is a good idea. But I think, again, we have to manage our expectations. It just may not be the magic bullet to stop infections and stop impact on the healthcare system that we all hoped it would be. And we've had to manage a lot of expectations about the vaccine since it came out in 2020. The vaccine does not stop transmission. It's not 95% efficacious against infection, but it does protect against being admitted to hospital and and, and dying in 80 or 90% of people. So about a month ago, just almost exactly a month ago, you co-wrote an op-ed which appeared in the National Post, Drs. Neil Rao, Puya Kazumi, Martha Fulford, and Jennifer Grant. And the the headline, the lead for the op-ed is, Draconian COVID measures were a mistake. Let's not repeat them. 
What are we talking about? Well, the big one is the school closures. My goodness, I hope we don't ever do that again. That's that's the tragedy of, of COVID. We never should have done that. Even a lot of the shuttering of businesses, it didn't really have much control on what happened. It temporarily held it back. But at the end of the day, we channeled the disease to a lot of uh, uh, low-income people who still had to keep working despite the lockdown. So we kind of sent it to the warehouses and we sent it to the Uber Eats drivers and the, the Lyft drivers and, and, and bus drivers and so on. And we, we didn't really get rid of the disease. We just channeled it for a while. And then Omicron became the, the democratization of, of the virus. Um, you know, the other issue is, Almost 90% of people have seen this virus and or vaccine. So we're in a very different picture. We don't have to redo everything we did before. We made mistakes during the pandemic fog of war. Uh, remember the disastrous you know, border closures and, and testing post-travel arrive can. We've erased all that. I sure hope we won't reinstitute a lot of those things. I am worried when I hear about mask mandates being reinstituted at a community level. We're still doing it in hospitals and in long-term care. I'm not sure how much benefit we're going to get by introducing it at a community level. And the funny thing is, every time we introduce it, the rates go down and we say, ah, it's because we did it. But there are other countries in the world that don't introduce it, Sweden, the UK, and it also goes up and down. And so we take credit for natural ebbs and flows of these new variants as people get immune to each variant and then the virus reinvents itself. And we start crediting the mask mandates and then we keep doing it again. Yeah, and I've seen people do strange things with their masks, where it's not exactly keeping them clean. There's another sentence here. Testing and isolating everyone is neither sustainable nor necessary. Yeah, we said that because a lot of people think we're under-testing, that we're somehow hiding the problem. And that's not true. I mean, if you keep testing everyone, especially people without symptoms, you pick up people who've had it already. And this is what was happening with some of the post-travel testing. We had people being locked out of coming back to Canada because they tested positive when they'd actually had the disease four months before, three months before, two months before. So it has to be strategic. And the other thing is if you test people who are sick, who come into hospital, you can multiply backwards and estimate what the burden is in the community. You can also test a sample and look at the percent positivity and use it like a political poll where you measure what's really going on based on a small sample. You don't have to test everyone. We descended into a madness of testing everyone with antigen tests or with PCR tests, and it doesn't derive as much benefit as people think. You need to do testing to have some surveillance to know what's going on as we are, but you don't have to test anyone and everyone, and I've never seen this happen to respiratory virus. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.